Well, how many times have you heard somebody say, all I want for Christmas is, and uh, I just want it to be perfect. You know, I just want it to be perfect. I want lots of lights, and I want music, and I want uh, the smell of cookies, Arianne, do you bake? No, you don't. Josh would. Josh would bake the cookies. You do? Yeah. <laughs> I know how these, these homes work. Uh, I just want lots of cookies to smell the cookies, and I want to eat all I want to eat without gaining a pound, right? That would be perfect. It would just be perfect. Well, I knew I was going to do this message, so I started looking around, and what I discovered was that perfection is for sale. Did you know that? And I went around. There it is. Yeah, I went to Bath and Body Works, <laughs> and they are selling perfection. It's close. I can tell you that. Uh, there were a couple of others that I saw in there. Uh, <laughs> they are selling perfect candles. That's awesome. And then we were in Virginia Beach, and I saw, I found a store that was selling the perfect gift. So we all want to rush there. How many people have found the perfect gift? Good for you. You understand nothing is perfect in this world, right? So uh, I was talking about this. I was back in the booth, and we were kind of doing our production thing. And, and uh, Rich said, have you ever gone to, to Pinterest fail? And I said, no. I don't do Pinterest. But um, he was talking. He, I saw it. I visited it. So I found some things. And uh, you know those cute little baby isn't, yeah. I'm sure that Caden has a cute little stocking. Yeah. Now, that's the perfection, and here's what it really looks like. <laughs> and, and that baby is saying, what are you doing to me? Isn't it amazing what we do to babies <laughs> to make them look cute? And then here is the Christmas tree cookie, and here's what it really looks like. And there it is. And then this is the cake pop Christmas tree. Doesn't that look lovely? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love this. I'm sure it has cream cheese in it. That looks so good. Now, there we go. <laughs> I'm sure it tastes good. This is called a Rice Krispie Reindeer Cocoa Pop. And there it is. <laughs> now, this one I love. I would love to try this. Fill balloons with water and add food coloring once frozen, cut the balloons off, and they look like giant marbles. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's the perfection. Here's reality. <laughs> Splat. And so as I was looking at these, I thought, well, it's a lot of baking and Christmas stuff. Probably need some <clears throat> uh, projects that, that guys do. And uh, so I had Colin look some up for me. And here's our first one. Now, I'm sure somebody had a great thought there, but I'm not sure who's going to live on the third floor there. <laughs> and I'm sure this was a great idea. Be nice to go in and out of that house, but not going to happen. How about this one? <laughs> Have you actually... <laughs> You've done it. Somebody last night, too, there was a person back there, and they were just laughing, laughing. And I'm sure someone has tried this and actually seen it. <laughs> and then I know there was a good idea here. <laughs> and, and it works, right? It works. 
look at the curtains. <laughs> took me a little while to find that one, but yeah, there was a great, perfect idea there, and uh, it's functional, I guess. Now, guys, you should recognize that. <laughs> a lot of people say, I could totally, that is a roll of tape that they just pull off, stick to the dashboard, you've got the perfect cup holder, right? Perfect cup holder. <laughs> you can do that with duct tape too, right? <laughs> well, all I want for Christmas is for it just to be perfect, and we try to reach and strive for perfection, don't we? Well, the definition of perfect is this, having no mistakes or flaws being entirely without fault or defect. It is flawless. Now, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble or marble ice thing, <laughs> but did you realize that perfection is humanly impossible? Now, but so many people strive for perfection Nothing in this world, nothing, is 100% flawless. Did you ever think about that? Nothing is 100% flawless, yet a lot of times we're striving to get that. We're wanting that. And that's the very reason that a lot of young people harm themselves. And it's one of the major reasons why relationships fail because we just want it to be perfect. And we strive for perfection. And we have this expectation that it's supposed to be that way. Somebody told me last week that expectation is planned resentment. Think on that one. When we have expectations of perfection, we always set ourselves up not to reach our goal, always. Because there is nothing in this world that is 100% flawless. We try and we hope and we try to reach the impossible. Yet, the Bible says with God, all things are possible. What do you mean? With God, perfection is possible? Yeah. We know this because the wise men and the shepherds found perfection. They found perfection. They followed a star. And it was given by God, and that star directed them to perfection. Now, every single day of our lives, we're offered all kinds of shiny stars to follow. Did you realize that? Did you realize that there are stars that are catching your eye? Every day we're offered those stars. And we're challenged to answer this question, which star am I following to find perfection. The stars of this world that'll catch our eye um, usually say that the higher the price tag, the higher the status, the more value it has. After all, if you take a Rolls Royce and you take a Kia, <laughs> which one would you say has the higher price tag? And in our world's eyes, that means the status that comes along with that would mean that that Rolls Royce is much more valuable than that Kia. Now take the uh, perfect diamond. I looked it up, and there was an article just this week about the perfect diamond that only costs a cool $20 million. 
$1,500. Now a flawed diamond will cost you about $9.6 million. And if, if money were no object to you, which one would you choose? Well, it would be a no-brainer. We'd choose the one that costs the 20 mil. But here's the thing. A Kia, well, that'll take you from point A to point B. And a Rolls-Royce, it's going to rust and be destroyed over time. And that perfect diamond, you'll pay up to 75% more for that one than the flawed one. Yet nobody will be able to tell the difference unless they bring their microscope around and say, I want to see how perfect that diamond is. And it's just, the flawed one is just as beautiful as that perfect one. But from a worldly mindset, we are so conditioned every day to say that the price tag and the status is what gives value. We have to ask ourselves, which stars are we following? Tony Campalo wrote a book, and it was, he entitled it, Who Switched the Price Tags? And he was talking about how worldly eyes will place high value on the things that fade away. We'll look at those things that really are imperfect and that are flawed, and we'll put high value on some of those things, yet we devalue what truly meets the deepest human longings for love and for connection, those things of God that we really can't see. And then what we do is we follow whatever we truly believe to be of highest value. All of us do it. And we have to ask, which star am I following to find perfection? Think about it. Doesn't that seem to happen at this time of year, every year with Christmas? It's Jesus that's the whole reason for the, it's the, he's the point of all of this. But yet somehow this perfect, flawless gift gets squeezed out for shinier things. And I can tell you, I like shiny things. I love the lights. I mean, look at this place around here. Is it beautiful? But oftentimes, we'll squeeze out that perfect gift for things of much less value. And you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, maybe he's devalued because he's a free gift. You know, one time as a staff, we decided that uh, we were going to go out and just give gifts out to people as a staff. We just wanted to be nice one day. And so we got some flowers. <laughs> we were flower children. We went out on the street, and we just started handing those flowers out. You would not believe the numbers of people that didn't take one because in their mind they were thinking, what are you trying to sell me? Or, <laughs> or uh, what, what's behind this? See, we, we don't understand free gifts, and we devalue them. It's just what we as humans do. We just do it because we're so saturated with a world that puts a high price tag and status as value. Free doesn't appear as cool. It doesn't appear as valuable as that $20 million diamond. Yet free is never free. Somebody pays. Somebody always pays. And for us that have heavenly eyes, we make no mistake that there was a high price tag that was connected to this perfect gift, Jesus. 
It's just that you have to be willing to see that. And then this story. I mean, who would value this story? It was so imperfect. The circumstances surrounding this story were of Jesus' birth were so imperfect. There was nothing perfect. Why would anyone value what happened there? All the prettiness that we strive for at this time of year to make everything so perfect, it has almost nothing to do with this story. Let's take a look at it in Luke 2. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem in the town of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, in that day, the Roman government... Um, we went to the Bethlehem walk the other night, and even those Roman guards scared me. I knew they were playing a part, but somehow they were really playing that part. And they were harsh, and they were probably really corrupt, that Roman government. But isn't it interesting, and I wonder if you thought about this like I have, it's interesting to me that Joseph and Mary complied with what Caesar required. They weren't holding up a banner. They weren't protesting at all, even though they had a lot of reason to because here was Mary about to give birth to a child, and uh, I've been there from, from Nazareth to, and Bethlehem, and, and the distance between the two is about 70 to 80 miles. Now, the average walking speed of 70 to 80 miles is about, uh, or average walking speed is about four miles per hour, which would mean that that would have taken them about 17 and a half hours and about um, two and a half days to get there at four miles an hour. Now, I asked Buddy, I said, we were at Starbucks, and I said, okay, would you go out and drive four miles an hour, and I want to walk beside you to see how fast that was. I even took a little video. I'm not going to show it to you. But, <laughs> but I'm walking along the car at four miles an hour, and I'm telling you, a pregnant woman on a donkey was not walking four miles an hour. <laughs> First of all, you know, even in modern medicine, they tell pregnant women not to travel in the last little while. It's almost, it's deadly. It's a death sentence almost. But here they were. She's about to deliver a child. And uh, they're complying with this harsh government. It's not exactly perfect situation or circumstances. And what about the judgment that they must have felt? You know, so many people say, well, I don't want to go to church because they're so judgmental. Well, think about Mary and Joseph, how they went out into the public, and they weren't married. And in those days, even today, at times, they will stone a woman to death when she's pregnant and unmarried. And uh, a virgin pregnant, right. Yeah, we're really going to believe that. There was a lot of judgment with them, but they went anyway because Mary and Joseph decided, you know what? God has told us to do this, and we're going to obey with what he gave us. There was nothing perfect about that. No perfect circumstances, no situations that made it comfortable for them to do what they did. 
There was harsh judgment, imperfect circumstance, so hard, so hard for them, not to mention the conditions that they had to deal with with that birth. I saw a manger. I should have put a picture up of it. But the manger, like Jesus was born in, is just a hard, cold stone. It's stone. Now, that stone would allow uh, the baby to stay warm, but it was harsh and it was cold. And what, and what God uh, chose for this story to happen was totally imperfect, even about who he chose to give this birth announcement to. Let's go on and read it. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. What? He gave this birth announcement to shepherds. Now, shepherds were some of the most despised people of that day. And the reason that they were despised was because people looked down on them because they, the good people, the orthodox people, the religious people, they looked down on the shepherds because they didn't keep the rules. They didn't keep the ceremonial laws. They just weren't perfect enough in the eyes of the religious people. And they didn't place value on them. Yet God chose the most imperfect and unlikely people in the most imperfect circumstances to announce the perfect lamb. Now, what I learned about these shepherds were that they were very, very special people in the eyes of God because what they did, they, watched the, they were responsible for, for raising the perfect lambs that would be sacrificed in the temple. Isn't that interesting that God would give the birth announcement to these shepherds that were raising the perfect lambs for temple sacrifice, and he gave that announcement to them. But the religious people and the people of that day couldn't see the value in that. You had to have heavenly eyes. You couldn't have earthly eyes that placed a price tag and value on keeping all the laws and washing your hands and keeping all the ceremonial laws. You had to have heavenly eyes to be able to see that. The general population didn't have eyes for that. Yet God saw the shepherds as the most significant and worthy to get the first announcement of, the, of perfection that had just entered the earth. See, God sees value in the most unlikely places and in the most unlikely people. It's about having heavenly eyes. And he wants us to do the same. That's our God. And that's the beauty of this story. But the shepherds were terrified. Can you imagine you're out in the field and this host of angels comes? And I mean, good grief, that would be really scary. And it says, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Have you ever been in the middle of some imperfect circumstances, some tough situations, and fear begins to overwhelm you? But God comes and he says, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you some really good news. In the middle of all of this imperfection, in the middle of the situation that you're in, that you're praying for it to go away, I want to bring you some really, really good news 
that's going to cause some great joy for all the people. He says, I'm bringing perfection to the earth. A Savior has been born to you. That's good news. Isn't that what we need in the middle of all of our imperfections? When things seem so difficult, we, don't, we just can't see a way out of it. Don't we need joy? Don't we need assurance that we don't need to fear? That even if things don't make sense to us, he's got this. Can you imagine living that way? Can you imagine living that way? That he's got it. That even if things don't make sense, he's got a purpose. And he'll see us through. Honestly, uh, I love this song that Pam's going to do because um, I, from the time I was very young, all I want is for people to get along. You know what I mean? And I think the most perfect Christmas would be a time where we just all get along and everything kind of comes together.
the friend and right would always win and love would never This is my grown-up Christmas list What is this illusion called? The innocence of youth Maybe only in our blind belief Can we ever find the truth? would never start and time would heal our hearts and everyone would have a friend and right would always win and love would never end oh, this is my grown up Christmas list. This is my only lifelong wish. This is my grown-up Christmas No matter how old I get, I still wish for that. And I'll continue to uh, give my life to the Lord to join Him in restoring relationships and, and all of that. But I've had to accept I live in an imperfect world. Nothing in this world is flawless. And lives will continue to be torn apart because poor decisions will be, continue to be made. And wars will always happen. Uh, Jesus said there will always be wars and rumors of wars. We live in an imperfect world. It sounds really bleak, doesn't it? Except for the fact that God loved us so much that he sent us hope. He sent us perfection in the midst of all of that. In the midst of sadness and hardship and difficulties and imperfect situations, and we want that to be perfect. But he said, get your eyes off of those stars and follow the star that leads you to perfection. Because Jesus is the only perfection in an imperfect world. And when we begin to place our eyes on him, and when we begin to accept that he's the only perfection that we can find hope in, that can change our lives, that can change our world, then we begin to focus in on him. Because God loves us so much that he sent perfection into our imperfect world that anybody that would follow him will find life. He's the perfect sacrifice. He's the only perfection that we need. And a relationship with him begins to 
develop these heavenly eyes that begin to see value in things that the world doesn't see value in. And and $20 million becomes, I wouldn't trade that for what I know in the depth of meaning of life because of perfection in the relationship that I have with him. And you know, when we get those, when we gain those heavenly eyes, when the shepherds looked up, there was great reward. There's great heavenly reward for us. Even though the world can't see that, it says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, who is it on whom his favor rests? Those willing to seek perfection like the wise men did, like the shepherds did. Those people that hear what the angels proclaimed and see the value that the shepherds saw when they bowed before this stinky, smelly, lowly, imperfect manger to receive the perfect Savior. Perfection. That's hope. We have hope. And you will be blessed. You know that. Anyone that's in a relationship with Jesus Christ understands the blessings that come from having heavenly eyes and seeing things that the world can't see and values that are in your life that the world can't buy. When a boy was born in that culture, the local musicians would congregate outside the house to greet with, greet them with simple music. Imagine when these boys were born, if, if musicians would come outside your door. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? The musicians just come and they play and sing. That'd be really awesome. But think about it. Jesus was born in a, in a lowly stable. He didn't have a home for the musicians to come. But you know what the blessing was? He had a heavenly host. He had a heavenly host that came and greeted him, perfection to this earth. The angels sang the songs for Jesus that earthly singers could never sing. Do you have those eyes? I found it really interesting when I read this. There was no room for Jesus in the inn. He had no home to be born. And there seems to be no room in the overcrowded hearts of people. And Jesus tried as he walked the earth for people to receive him into their hearts. They couldn't see his value. You know, truth was standing right in front of them, and often they chose that. But there was plenty of room for him on the cross. Did you ever think about that? The Romans had plenty of room for him on a cross. Perfection coming to earth in the form of Jesus was completely for us, to save us, to restore us. It's the only perfection that can. Jesus was born for one reason and one reason alone, to go to the cross for you and for me so we could be freed from everything that destroys us when we keep our eyes on perfection. And we have to ask ourselves, how valuable do you see that free gift? In the midst of this imperfect world, will you make room in your heart for perfection? 
as the band comes and plays, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I, I just want you to take some time uh, to reflect. This is a beautiful time where God's presence is here. That it, everything is very imperfect. Last night, things just went haywire, and I said it's okay because this is all imperfect. And we're not striving for, for perfection. What we're striving for is to bow down before perfection and to receive him into our hearts and our lives. I don't know how God wants to speak to you, but I think it's a wonderful time, God's presence is here, to just simply listen to the message of this song and listen for that voice to have heavenly eyes. 